Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm financial journalist Caroline Stephen. Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Trading. Got that oh my god feeling? I just don't think I can do this. Well, then you are on the verge of a breakthrough. The Kafka effect is when your brain starts to see patterns, solutions and answers. And Louise Bedford discusses it today in Mind Power and how it relates to traders. We also hear from our resident psychologist Simone Miller on pessimism in other people, how to identify it, and what to do with those people who have a perpetual 20 past 7 smile. But first up, I am excited to bring you a market wrap from the market wizard herself, Linda Rashke, as we take a quick look at the US and commodity markets. Linda Rashke, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks for uh, having me back again. Linda, let's look at the U.S. markets. What is happening over there at the moment? All right. We'll just we'll just start off looking at the S and P's, you know, and and so forth. Uh, and I, I always like to look at the broad market too, which is small caps. Lump them all together into one big category: Russell S and P's, whatever. And uh, the last two weeks, we had a very strong markup. Okay, a fairly large standard deviation move uh, for at least the Russell. And usually after you make a a large standard deviation move like that, you might spend uh, a few days consolidating. Right now, the structure uh, still favors more upside. And then it's a matter of seeing what the market gives. You know, I mean, when I look at upside, I'll start looking at what was the all time high in the S&Ps, what was the all time high in the Dow, what was the all time high in the Nasdaq. You know, obviously the Russell's uh, been the weakest. Are we going to make a lower high? Are we going to take it out right now? I think that uh, you know, there's still pretty good odds that we'll make all-time highs in the S&Ps. Given that you can't really make predictions on the markets, but you did say in our previous interview that you thought the S&P was going to just be going sideways for the next 12 to 18 months. Do you still think that? I look pretty good, don't I, huh? Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. You know, I mean, we might make a higher high. The potential's there. The structure's there if it wants to do it. So so we'll see. You know, it's you've got a lot of rotation in U.S. stocks, a lot of rotation. You know, some stocks have, have shaken out pretty good. You know, all the laggards uh, actually caught a bid pretty nicely. It's not a momentum market. It's just a constant rotation of leadership. And right now, the uh, the small cap's, have been the the strongest performers. Okay. Commodities, particularly gold and oil. Let's look at gold. What's what's Linda Rashke's take on gold at the moment? 
Well, gold, um, again, I think that gold is a very technical market, and I love looking at the daily and the weekly charts on, on gold. Um, gold had made a large standard deviation move on the weekly charts. You know, if you uh, read Gann's work, he's the one that always used to preach uh, price equals time, right? <laughs> so uh, you definitely had to have a time component there to balance out uh, that type of move. There was this, this textbook little uh, bear trap, I guess, if you want to call it, down there. Or, you know, Wyckoff likes to use the term spring and up thrust and so forth. But, you know, we, we poked down below that previous swing low. And so usually what happens, if you have a chart formation, here's how, here's how my mind works. If you have a chart formation and you take out the previous trade up above the high or the low of that chart formation, and then you come back into that chart formation, okay, so your proverbial trap. The first thing is you look for it to revert back to the middle of that range. Okay, this is sort of like market profile or something. You know, okay, so you go back and you, you go back to the middle of that range. And then if you can come through the middle of that range, then there's pretty good odds you're going to try and take out the upside of that range. So for now, gold's sort of farting around the middle of that range. Yes. It was only a one-day move, right? So we're just kind of in the middle of this weekly chart formation. You know, we could consolidate around here, you know, for a couple of days if – if it's able to take out, I would say like, you know, 126.10, 126.30, something like that, there's probably good odds it's going to try and make a full retest back up. But, boy, when you're looking at weekly charts, just keep in mind all this can take place over, you know, one month, two months, three months. So Let's talk about oil. Okay. Well, see, that's another classic uh, example where – you made a large move, and now you're having to really spend a lot of time consolidating that move. You know, the weeklies are a little bit overextended, but it's it's not bad. It's not overbought because you can you can just look at, say, for example, the last three weeks trading action. You have a lot of price bar overlap. So what the market has done, again, if you want to talk about auction theory terminology, is the market has taken the time now to form value at a higher level, which is really, really constructive. It would support a better move to the upside. Um, so you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like almost 15 days of price bar overlap. So, you know, you want to talk about indicators? My indicator is the ruler. You know, if I can sit there and put my ruler and make a horizontal line that goes through a, a number of bars, that's good enough. You know, <laughs> you probably have a low ADX or low, your Bollinger Bands are contracting and everything else. So, it's interesting. I, I don't know if we're going to test above that previous high and fall back through it, you know, because the weeklies are a little bit overextended, but, you know, it, it could get legs too. Or uh, I'd say that if it flushed below uh, 46, you, you know, then you can get a little deeper sell-off to 42, 44 or something. But right now it's really, really coiled. Okay, um, let's talk about other commodities. Do you have your eye on any other commodities? Well, you've certainly, uh, the grains certainly came to life. You know, they've been really great. You know, the corn corn is, is uh, trying to catch up a little bit here. You know, the wheat's just breaking out of a nice formation. The beans, of course, have been the relative strength leaders, and that's due to the South American crop. So, I mean, they've been, you know, there's been fabulous moves there. Nat gas has, has a nice bottom in it, and it's really shown good momentum to the upside, you know. Uh, even some of the meats, the hogs, everywhere. You, you, I'm seeing a lot of stuff heated up quite a bit. You know, the the sugar, 
boy, I mean, take take a look at the daily chart of sugar. You know, <laughs> there's there's a lot of a lot of good bids out there. I think copper's uh, going to uh, surprise a little bit more to the upside. It's it's got the potential to whether it actually does or not. It's a different story, but you know, it's got a nice higher low on the on the daily charts. This is sort of an ABC down on the you know on the dailies. It's like a lot a lot of stuff. I think I think the bear market in commodities is is over. But that with that said necessarily mean that every trend follower is going to have a huge, huge month or two. All right. Linda Rashke, thanks for the market wrap. Okay. And, and now just keep in mind, I have the right to change my mind on anything that I said tomorrow morning. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. And now Mind Power with Louise Bedford. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I've just learned about. It's called the Kafka Effect. Have you ever felt confused and a little tormented and almost ready to quit the thing that you've been learning? Well, you might be in for a surprise. Just around the corner could be that breakthrough that you've been looking for. Now that is the Kafka effect, where you have that state of complete unease right before you have a complete creative breakthrough. Scientists have studied this and they've found that what happens neurally is that your brain starts looking for patterns and it becomes very creative. Lateral thinking can ensue as a result. So that confusion that you're feeling could be a precursor to greatness. So right now, if you're learning about trading and you are feeling that uncomfortable, oh my gosh, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do this. I don't think that it's within my faculties to be able to learn all of this. Hang on in there, baby, because you are due for a breakthrough. Your brain will start piecing together patterns. It will start making connections between things that it would never make connections between if you were in your comfort zone. So get out of your comfort zone because that's where the magic happens. That circle of comfort that you're used to living in, that is just going to lead to boredom eventually. That same old, same old feeling is not where you need to be. To live the trader's life, you have to live on the edge. You have to be prepared to go where civilians don't tread. Those people out there in non-trader land, they're allowed to be in their comfort zone because they've got their humdrum little life. But for you, for you, inside you, is crying out for more. You know it and I know it. One of the other things I wanted to chat about with you today is if you've had a background where you were continually uncomfortable, where as a child perhaps you had suffered some level of abuse or some level of emotional neglect, your comfort zone now may be affected by your early childhood experiences. You see, the price of incompetence is very high if you have had a childhood where when you made a mistake, the consequences were dire. That can actually affect you as a trader now. If you're feeling that because you made an incorrect move, a misstep here or there in the trading world and it has affected you incredibly, it could be because you are replaying scripts from your childhood. So be aware of it. Be aware that if you haven't been nurtured as a child, this can make an impact on your trading now.
The way to overcome it is to make things conscious. Rather than reacting on unconscious signals, make sure you write down the things that you feel are affecting you. Even seek help. Maybe you need to talk this through with a professional to break those bindings and those threads of your past. There's no shame in it. I've actually used a psychologist before and it has helped me seek clarity. So I do urge you to seek help if you need it. I want you to live the trader's life and hopefully this Mind Power session has taken you one step closer. Simone Miller is our resident psychologist whose passion is helping people overcome emotional nasties so they can move into their full potential. Today we speak to Simone about pessimism in others, how to identify it and what to do with those people who are constantly down at the mouth. Hi Simone. Hi Caroline, how are you? So Sim, remind us again why pessimism from others can be so disruptive to our lives. It affects our relationships, it affects our well-being, it affects our health, it affects our success, it affects almost everything. In fact, pessimism can be paralyzing, like I said in segment one, and at the end of the day, it can actually lead to a sense of hopelessness and depression. So it's very clear that pessimism can play a huge role in either a quality life or a life that's lacking that quality. Are there any particular personality traits or character types that you can spot that are likely to be pessimistic? Yeah, interestingly, there are some common trends, Caroline. People who tend to have a thin skin, um, who personalise things a lot, can be a pessimistic type. People who demonstrate judgmentalism or have the have the tendency to impute negative emotions to others. Um, people who are diffident, people who are demanding, um, people who see the future as potentially bleak, people who are risk averse and finally the people who demonstrate the need to control others, especially those who are close to them. So look, I'm not going to say every character feature that you see because you don't want to walk down the street and see someone judgmental and go, you're a pessimist. You know, (laughs) obviously take this with a grain of salt, but people have a few of these traits and you notice a little bit of negativity. It may occur to you that they may just have that pessimistic character type. What are some some of the internal ways people can deal better with pessimism without actually needing to confront or interact with the pessimists themselves? Yeah, I like to break it down into what I'll call some more soft touch options in terms of our strategies before we gear up to the more confrontational ones. So some of the softer options that we really can do just within ourselves is I kind of like to look at it on three levels. I think Taking responsibility for our own happiness is one of them. Showing compassion for another person, especially if they are negative or pessimistic, is another. And the third and final one is to exercise maturity. So look, when I say compassion, I actually don't really believe that it's showing it outwardly. It's about an explanation to self and empathy and trying to actually develop an understanding and a compassion for why someone might feel that way rather than outwardly actually doing anything about it. So the second component I talked about was personal responsibility. That includes doing what you need to do to protect our own happiness. In a nutshell, 
it involves adopting a set of more positive attitudes, but that alone might not be enough to deal with a constant onslaught of negativity. You might actually have to take time away from the negative person on a regular basis, reminding yourself of your positive attitudes and beliefs. Now, the final element I mentioned was of being mature. And this basically involves an understanding that the most reliable way to steer the negative person towards positivity is to manifest the positivity yourself. And this generally does come with maturity. Lead by example. Absolutely. Modelling has a massive influence on people. Never underestimate its power. All right. So what might be some of the harder behavioural or relationship-based strategies that we can use? Yeah, sure. Look, it can be confronting and as humans we all shy away from conflict but I don't see why we can't use these in an assertive respectful way. The first step I'd recommend Mm. is confront the problem. The sad part is that many negative people don't even realise that they are. The first step is actually to confront them in a nurturing and kind way. Schedule some one-on-one time with them and be honest but also be prepared for their pushback. What might you say to that person? Um, You might just say, hey, you know, I've tried sharing some of my new ideas around trading and some other things that are going on in my life and I've noticed a bit of negative reactions there. Is there anything coming up for you that you want to talk about or maybe I could support you with? Um, What's interesting is you might want to also try to promote a more positive environment and it sounds crazy but Sometimes, whether it's our home environment, our peer groups, we can kind of put in place what I'd like to call a no complaining rule. So what we could actually do is get together and say, hey, guys, from this day forward, let's try and put a no complaining rule. Now, that doesn't mean that problems don't exist. It just means up. It just means setting up a dynamic where we're more solution focused. You might even want a solution box where people can write down ideas and suggestions on general ways to improve things instead of just a complaining mindset. It's amazing how a general complaining mindset can infiltrate into everything, including our ambition around share trading. So shifting the focus from a negative to a solution focus can be absolutely wonderful. Any other ideas? Yeah, look, this is a little bit more brutal, but one of the final ideas I suggest is be willing to weed out pessimistic people. You know, we might implement all of those um, strategies that we've talked about today. And despite our best efforts, people just don't want to shift away from being pessimistic. Pick champions, pick supporters. We need to be loved and propped up in our lives, not dragged down. So if worse comes to worst and you have the option to potentially create some space from these people, consider that as a choice. Simone Miller, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Caroline. And that's all we have for you today, guys. Stay tuned next week to hear neuro wisdom expert Mark Waldman as he discusses money games. I'm Caroline Stephen, and on behalf of the team, thanks for your company. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. 
Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.